You are listening to Church Unlimited Students, a ministry of Church Unlimited. If God is speaking to you through this podcast, we encourage you to share this resource with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on social media by following at Students. Thank you for listening to Church Unlimited Students. Hey, I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to go. I don't know where I'm ready to go, but I'm ready to go. Listen. That was fun watching y'all worship that last song because y'all were engaged and y'all were crying out and there was very few people distracted. And when we cry out, when we come together as a ministry and as a family and we cry out to Jesus, we are an unstoppable force. Like, I I want you to grasp that. Don't clap for just a second. I want you to grasp that because if you wanted to, You could change your world and you could not be sick and tired and be miserable anymore. If you wanted to. If you wanted to, if we wanted to, we could turn this room into double the size of this room. I go into schools every single day almost and I meet a lot of students that don't know Jesus. And they're all walking past you and sitting at your lunch table and a lot of us are just like, hey, I mean, it's it's okay. They're going to hell. I'm just being real, and I've been there before. I've said the exact same thing. Maybe not said it exactly, but thought it. And we don't do anything about it, but listen, man, I just, just, y'all crying out right here reminded me of camp. It was beautiful. And when we do that and we leave this room and we cry out with one voice, it's amazing what God can and will do through us if we're willing to let him. Let's pray real quick. Father God, Lord, thank you so much for this ministry. Thank you so much for this family. Thank you so much for the opportunity to just gather together as believers. Lord, we could, we could travel all the way across the world and go to China, and, and they have to have church underground, literally meaning they can't be seen or they will be killed for their faith. We could travel to places in Iraq, and, and if you claim the name of Jesus, ISIS will kill you on the spot. They will chop off your head. And we sit here openly And a lot of the times we don't even care about what we're doing. And Lord, I just want to ask for for my personal forgiveness because I I just treat worship like it's no big deal. I treat church like it's no big deal. I treat my Bible like I'll read it most of the time, but I don't treat it like it's a huge deal. And I don't give it the power that it actually has because it's, it's your spoken word. Put it on pages by men and women. Lord, help us to to realize and grasp the power that we have inside of us through Jesus Christ and unleash a living God on the community around us. Lord, as we, as we open up our Bible and we learn, look at a dude named Gideon, I just pray that, that we can be convicted about his faith to accomplish because you used him and he allowed himself to be used. Lord, help us to put ourselves in a place to be used by you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, if you have your Bible, I want you to open up Judges 15. Um, hey, let me, let me challenge you. I've said this a bunch, but let me challenge. I want 10 of you, just 10 of you, because there's probably not been 10 of you before. I want 10 of you to bring a physical copy of God's word next week. You don't have to. You can use your phone, and that's fine. I encourage you, but it's amazing. When you can actually mark in your Bible and make notes and all that kind of stuff, like almost every Sunday I bring my Bible. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I use my phone. I'm just gonna keep it real. And I love marking in notes, and then I'll open up and be like, oh, somebody preached on this before, and I look at their notes and compare them when Pastor Bill preached, and it's just, it's just incredible. So bring God's word with you. Just, it's just a couple times. Just try it out and see, uh, see what happens. All right, so, so Gideon, let me ask you the question. What the heck are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we here? Why are we on this earth? 
Why are we at Church Unlimited Student Ministry right now? And you don't actually don't have to answer it. It's just a rhetorical question. Thank you. Thank you for offering, though. It's okay. Somebody else might have done it if she didn't. Um, but but why, why are we here? Like, it's a question we need to ask ourselves regularly, and typically we don't do that. So why are we here? Tonight we're talking about rising up to your calling. And I was at lunch yesterday, and I was telling some students we're talking about that, and they're like, what does your calling mean? Well, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that tonight. So what has God called you to do? Two weeks ago, we talked about Samson. Samson was massive. He looked a lot like me, really muscular, strong, and handsome, um, except he had hair. Um, I, I don't. Uh, but uh, Samson was a stud. He was a freak. He killed the Philistines. And he was called, he was raised up by God to kill the Philistines, the enemies of the living God's army. And so he rose up to his calling, and then he fell, and he Ice chopped out. It's like, oh, nasty. And then he rose up at the end, and then he ended up killing more Philistines in his death than he did in his entire life. And so, so he rose up after he was already knocked down. Last week, we talked about, let's see if anybody knows. Who do we talk about? Yeah, who do we talk about? John the Baptist. Who does he look a lot like today? Anybody remember? Yeah. Duck Dynasty, those rednecks from, I think, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the crazy Duck Dynasty dudes. Well, he was a dude, uh, John the Baptist, he was a dude that uh, rose up by standing up, standing out, and standing firm. Because he was out in the wilderness, and he preached a message that nobody preached, and he lived a lifestyle, which we should as Christians, he lived a lifestyle that nobody else lived. And there's so many things that we can learn from the dude, John the Baptist. This week, we're talking about Gideon. Say, Gideon. Say, Gideon. Say it one more time. Say, Gideon. Like three of y'all got it. The other y'all were like, I'm not saying Gideon. I'm too cool. Somebody, hey, if somebody was too cool, just slap them next to you. Say, you ain't cool. Somebody really did. I heard a cheek. I was jacked up. Sounds kind of funny, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, all right, here's the thing. Gideon was another. Samson was a little history test from two weeks ago. Samson was a, was he a king? No. Who, what was he? Do you remember what he was? Go ahead. He, he was a man. That's exactly right. What was his title? What was his title? Exactly. He was a judge. He led the nation of Israel when they didn't have the king. And so Gideon was a judge as well, just like Samson. And one day he's sitting under a tree. In the pre-incarnate, which means the pre-fleshly, which means Jesus Christ came to the earth in the New Testament, the pre-incarnate, the pre-flesh Jesus came down in the Old Testament and he comes up to him and he says, the Lord is with you. And Gideon's like, wait, wait, wait. I don't see the Lord's hands. And I'm not reading this. This is just paraphrase. He says, I don't see the Lord's hand because we're slaves to the Midianites. And so Gideon's like calling the Lord out. He's like, look, I mean, thank you for saying the Lord's with me, but I don't see the Lord with me. And it's neat, the Lord doesn't even really address what he says. And then Jesus says, Gideon, your prayers have been answered and you are going to deliver the soldiers from the hands of the Midianites. And so Gideon's like, what? Like, I'm just a, a little dude. I mean, it, it doesn't say how old he is, but it seems like he's very young. Um, a lot of times in the Old Testament when it talks about another, a dude that's a, like a king or a baller, they're usually like a teenager, not always, but like you look at David and Goliath, he was probably about 13 years old, and he basically revolted against the army. And so listen to what he said. This is what Gideon said, and this is Judges 6.15. We'll have this on the screens. Please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. So he's basically like, look, how, how can I do this? My family is the weakest, and I'm the youngest. What's he doing? He's making excuses. 
It's making excuses. You know how many times I made excuses when I was called to ministry? I'm like, I, I can't be called to ministry. I've got some serious sin in my life. There's no way I can do it. Man, I'm, I'm not a good speaker. Like I said, Moses said the same thing. I'm not a good speaker. Like I just, I can't, I can't do this. There's no way. We love to make excuses. And I love how some just bosses in the Old Testament made excuses as well because it kind of makes me feel good in my flesh. Like I probably shouldn't, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, good. They were weak as well because I know sometimes I'm weak. And so he's making excuses. And a lot of times we do the same thing. We say, I'm too young. I'll get serious about Christ when I get old. I'm not cool enough. I can't speak well. Um, but here's the thing we gotta understand. We talked about this a couple months ago. When God calls you, he's gonna equip you. When God calls you, he's gonna equip you. And maybe, have you thought that maybe he hasn't equipped you to do what he's calling you to do? Maybe he hasn't equipped you to do what he's calling you to do so that you can actually depend on him. So that you can actually depend on him. Because here's the thing, when you can do whatever God's calling you to do, you'll be like, oh, no problem, I can do that. I mean, if you talk to an incredible football athlete, like we've got some in the room, we've got some that would be attending tonight, but they got practice, they're at football games, a lot of things going on tonight. If you come up to an incredible football athlete and he's just a, a stud on the football field and God says, hey man, I need you to score a touchdown, he's gonna go, I got this. Like, no problem. He's gonna be like, woo, juke somebody and score a touchdown. Everybody's gonna be like, well, that was easy. He's done that 10 times already this past five games. Well, that's not a big deal. God's gonna call you to something that he has to equip you because if not, then you're gonna get the glory. But when, when you go do something that he's calling you to do that you can't do, it's pretty incredible watching him equip you to do it. You may remember Moses, we talked about a few weeks ago, I think in our Fear, yeah, in our fear Factor series. He said, I'm not eloquent in speech, I'm scared. But then what did God say to Moses? He said this in Exodus 3.12, he says, I will certainly be with you. Many of y'all may remember that. I talked about it in life groups and I remember a lot of y'all talking about that. He said, I will certainly be with you. And then look what he says to Gideon. In Judges 6.16, he says this. He says, but I will be with you. Sound familiar? Moses, he said, I will certainly be with you. Gideon, he said, I will, uh, but I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian as if it were one man. Isn't that crazy? Like he almost treats us kind of similar. Like it's almost like he's always saying, I will be with you. In, jo in Joshua, Joshua 1, he says, be strong and courageous because I'm gonna be with you. Like, you got this because I got this. And when you trust in me, you can do this. His first task God called him to do was to tear down an Asherah pole. I'm probably saying that wrong. But basically, it was next to an altar built to Baal. You're like, who's Baal? It's a false god. It's a pagan god. And so they've got this altar sitting there. There's this massive pole. And God says, hey, Gideon, you need to tear down that altar and tear down that pole. Here's the thing, something you might not realize with that, you might think, well, that's no big deal. Well, it actually was a big deal because if he did that, they're gonna kill him. So he has to trust God with his entire life in the first step of obedience. Like he could be killed in his first step of obedience, but he's gotta trust God with it. So he stood up, he stood out, and he stood firm, just like John the Baptist. He stood up to what he didn't believe in, worshiping to a false God. He stood out from the rest of the crowd, and he stood firm on what he believed in and destroyed this altar. You remember when I, may remember when I talked to Deacon, remember when I was telling you about Deacon, how he was learning how to pee, and he kept sitting down? Remember when I, me telling that story a couple of y'all do? Um, we kept sitting on the toilet, and I'm like, Deacon, listen, if you're gonna be a boy, if you're gonna be a man, you gotta man up and stand up. Like, you gotta get off that toilet. Girls sit down on that toilet. You gotta man up and stand up. I told y'all that exact illustration before. But Gideon stood up to, listen to this, to even his own father. His father was worshiping Baal. 
But he said, you know what? God's calling me to do this. I, I, I don't want to like go against what my father does and what he lives in and the sin that he's living in. But I mean, if God's calling me to do this, then I've got to do this because this is what he's called me to do. So listen, this is what happens next. Gideon says, man, listen, I, I don't know what to do. I don't really like this. And so he questions the Lord in a couple ways. And then this is where it gets nuts. So Gideon is talking to the Lord like in an audible conversation. It's pretty incredible. And God says, listen, I need to select my army. Not your army, I need to select my army. And so God says, listen, you've got 22,000 men. Tell all 22,000, like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if you got a little megaphone going, hey, hey, everybody. Uh, can everybody hear me okay? I mean, they don't have speakers or microphones, something like that, so I don't really know how it worked. I don't know if he kind of whispered to one person that whispered all the way around the army or something like that. But So he yells out and he says, hey, listen, anybody who's scared... There's about 22,000 of us. We're going up against about 120,000. So if you're scared, um, just go on home. See ya. Like, he's like, this is crazy. Everybody's gonna go home. 12,000 people leave. So now it's about 120,000 versus 10,000. He's like, all right, so Lord, you're getting ready to get the glory here or I'm gonna die. Like, I don't know what the heck you're doing here, but I mean, I got 10,000. And then listen, this is crazy. Listen to what the Lord says. So uh, actually, I'm gonna read the passage just to uh, explain. Judges 7, two through three says this. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many people for me to, ha- for, to me. I'm, oh my goodness, forgot how to speak English for a second or read it. Judges 7, two through three. I'm just really excited, you know what I'm saying? The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many people for me to hand the Midianites over to you. I got through it, that was, that was rough. Or else, listen to this, or else Israel might brag I did it myself. Now announce in the presence of the people, whoever is fearful and tremble may go back and leave Mount Mount Gilead. 22,000 of the people turned back, so 10,000 remained. I'm sorry, it was 32,000 down to 10,000. So he's got a fairly big army to fight a huge army, and now it's dwindled down to a third of the size. And then listen to what the Lord says in the next verse. This isn't on the screen. He says, there are still too many. Like, what, come on, Lord! I mean, I had 32,000, I got 10,000, and there's too many? That's a 12th of the size of their army. Come, you, you gotta give me a little help here, Lord. Like, I know you wanna get all the glory and we don't wanna brag, but listen, I can promise you, you give me 10,000, we beat 120,000, I'm not bragging, you're getting the glory. He says, there's still too many. And then you sit there and you're like, what in the world? So, so this is what he says. He says, take them to the water. I want you to take them to the edge of the water. And anybody who drinks the water like a dog, you tell them to get their butt off my army because they're not in my army. And anybody that takes the water and laps it up with their hand, they're in my army. And Gideon's like, what what in the world? I mean, I I don't know for sure. I'm kind of reading in between the lines, but I know I would be like that. So maybe this is like the the Nate translation of the Bible. Um, And so he goes to the army, uh, goes there and he's sitting there and he's like, all right, well, he's gone, he's gone. That's, he's gone. My goodness, all y'all that just did that, get out of here. And so everybody just left. You're not in the Lord's army. Go on home. And he's probably getting frustrated, almost sarcastic at this point. I mean, I at least think. And so then guess what? 300 men are left. 300 men are left fighting an army of about 120,000. And so Gideon's probably like, all right, Lord, now it's time for you to show up and show off because I can't do this. Have you ever seen the movie Braveheart? 
Like a little bit of the story, some of you all have seen it before. It's a movie back in, I think, the early 90s. It's a really good movie. It's about a little, a dude that just has the passion because his wife was killed and he's a little army and he kills a lot of big armies. It's really, really crazy, but it's a neat story at the same time because he fights with passion and they win big victories. Little army beat huge armies because of the passion. So he splits the 300 men into three groups. How many, how many groups of people would that be? Good math. Good job. Just checking your math. So he says, all right, listen, here's what I want you to do. Put a trumpet in one hand and put a pitcher in the other, like a pitcher of water, and put a little torch in the pitcher. I don't know what that looks like. A trumpet in one hand and put a pitcher in the other, and I'm you 100 over there, you 100 over there, and you 100 over there. We're going to stand on top of this ravine. We're going to look down on them and do what I do when you see me from across the ravine. And so I'm, I'm telling you this, like, if I'm one of those 300, I'm going to be like, dude, you crazy. I'm not doing that. I'm out of here. But these 300 men stuck with him. And so there's 100, 100, and 100. They're all scattered all over the top of this ravine. They're looking down on the army of the Midianites. I don't know how many are here at this moment, but there's thousands. I don't know if it's 120,000. That's how many they killed in this victory. But at the same time, there's thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people. So they're standing up there, and then they, listen to this. They stood on top of the three, three sides. They blew their tump, trumpets. They threw the pitchers down and they shouted, a sword for Yahweh and for Gideon. And they blew their trumpets again and then watch what the Lord did. Watch what the Lord did. Judges 7.22, when Gideon's men blew their 300 trumpets, the Lord set the swords of each man in the army against each other. Those killed in that ambush was approximately 120,000. Obedience is kind of crazy when you're obedient to the Lord. It's kind of nuts what the Lord can actually do when we do what he's called us to do. When we rise up to what he's called us to do, it's amazing what he's capable of doing through us. When we allow him to work in us, in us, it's freaky what he can do through us. I remember when I was a kid, I played some water gun fights. Have you ever done water wars, water gun fights, something like that? Like, that's just a blast. Y'all love that? Is that not just so much fun? Yeah. I, I, love, I mean, it's just a blast. Thanks, thanks Reagan. Appreciate that. He just lied to me. He didn't even like water fights. Um, but I, I loved it. It was so much fun. So we would call, like, we didn't even like these kids, but we'd like, hey, it's time for a water fight. So maybe down here, it was probably like 2.30 in the afternoon. We're like, let's go. And so we'd come down. We'd got like eight guns strapped to us. We're walking like this. We're probably like... 10 years old, we're like, we're gonna kick their butts. And we'd get down there and we'd squirt them. And, and so we we're gonna try to ambush them and all this kind of stuff. And so one time around, we're like, all right, you go this way, you go this way, you go this way. We'll all come around the house. They don't even know we're coming, we're early, and we're just gonna attack them. And so we go around the house, we sneak up. We got our, does anybody know what super soakers are? Yeah. Oh, they were the most amazing guns ever. And so we'd get there and we're like, ah! And you just yell, why do you yell when it's a water gun? Like, what's that gonna help? It's like, ah! <laughs> It's like, there's nothing there. It's like, you got me. That hurts. And so we yell and scream. And out of nowhere, you know what he did? He pulled out a water hose. That's just sick and sinful is what it is. So he won the battle. They won the battle. Like, I thought we had it. We're going to get the victory. And then you know what we did next time? You ready for this? We peed in a water gun. And it was a super soaker, so it has some strength and it has some distance. And I remember to this day, like, just, just forgive me for a second. Uh, I remember this day, it doesn't even have much to do with the sermon, but we're just going to talk about this for a second. This is a war that I was in. And I remember I'm holding the pee-filled gun and a little bit stripping on my hands. 
and I don't even care because I'm spraying the kid and, and then he starts just taking it and I sprayed him in the head and he said, ah, warm water. Yeah, I know, I know. I need to repent. I need to repent and I need to never be in ministry again. But it really happened. It's a true story. It's disgusting. I was probably about, don't, don't applaud that. That's, that's, that's repulsive. And so, so we didn't get the victory either time. We just peed on a kid. Like, this is, this is just jacked up. But here's the thing. Gideon and God's army, they didn't lose because they trusted in God and God's calling for their life. It's easy to lose some battles that we're in, but when we trust God and God's calling for our life, we will not lose our battles. He knew what God had called him to do, and he was clear in it. He knew what God had called him to do, and he was very clear in what God had called him to do. It was, it was no question. So here's three, th- three points I'm going to give you, and then we're going to finish it up in just a couple minutes. When we seek God, we will hear his voice. When we seek God, we will hear his voice. Because Gideon was living for the Lord and he was seeking the Lord and then the Lord came to him and this is something else he said when he was under the tree. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So he knew, like the Lord knew that when he came to him, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Like Gideon had been living a life where he had sought after the Lord and then guess what? He heard his voice clear as day. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it's two verses after one of the most popular verses in scripture. It says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Let me just read that again. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then the Lord says, I will be found by you. You know, I love that verse because a lot of people say, and I've said this before too, so don't hear me pointing the finger. We say, I just... I just don't know what the Lord's calling me to do. I can't, I can't hear the voice of the Lord. I, I can't see God working in my life. Very similar to what Gideon said at the beginning. And he was a mighty warrior. And we go, I just, I just, I just wanna hear God speak to me. I just, I just wanna know what he's saying. Like, I, 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 I can't take it. Like, I gotta know. And then the Lord says, listen, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with, with all your heart. Like, the many times that I've said those words, like, I wish I could hear the Lord right now, it's probably because, in fact, I can say it's because I wasn't seeking the Lord with all my heart. It was this sin and this sin and this sin and this little sin and this little sin and this little sin and this relationship and this rejection of God and rejection of the church and this attitude. There's all kinds of things where I wasn't seeking the Lord. With Jesus, you won't hear his voice if you aren't seeking him. Second is, when we listen to God, we will know his calling. When we listen to God, we will know his calling. Gideon knew each step because he listened to the Lord after he was seeking him. When we listen, we will know. Here's the thing. I don't listen very well. I, I mean, you can call it ADD or elemental P, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, don't, I don't really think I have it because I don't want to use it as a crutch. And everybody's like, Nate, you're an idiot. You definitely have it. I'm like, what were you saying? Um, just looking at the squirrels running around and stuff. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Like, I just, I don't listen very well. It's hard for me to be attentive. Like, I gotta really focus. And like, if I'm having an eye-to-eye conversation with you, like, I'm really trying hard to. Um, like, I was talking to somebody like a couple weeks ago and I had to have, sit down for like an hour and I'm like, you can do it, you can do it. Like, pumping myself up. Like, come on, you can do it. And I'm like, punching myself in the chest. Like, come on, you can do it. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing, don't worry about it. Um, but like, with my wife, <clears throat> when you get married, men, you gotta listen and you gotta listen a lot. It's hard. It's really hard. So, like, my wife will be talking, and it's like, 
blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, babe, I get it. Fully get it. And then she'd be like, did you hear anything I said? And I said, what? Uh-huh. Yeah, everything. Every, every bit of it. She's like, what did I say? And I'm like, um, could, could you tell me again? And that really happens, like, all the time. And, and one of, obviously, one of Stacey's struggles is, is communication. A lot of times because I'm not paying attention. And sometimes she's not paying attention to me. Um, but here's the thing. Not knowing what the other one wants is because you don't communicate or you don't listen to each other. And when we don't communicate, we don't know what's going on. When we don't listen to the Lord, we don't know what he wants. But, but it's very clear to listen to the Lord because guess what? You've got his written words right in front of you in God's word. And nine times out of 10, the answer to your situation is right there in front of you in God's word. And all you gotta do is open it and study it. And you're like, that's exactly what I want. A lot of times I'll literally say, Lord, what do you want with this situation? What do you want? And I'll look in my quiet time that I've already been reading because I don't just like flip the Bible and go, I don't like that verse, I don't like that verse. I read through a book of the Bible. Right now I'm in the book of Job and 2 Chronicles because I'm doing a chronological Bible. And so I'm reading through and learning things chronologically throughout God's word. And almost every time I say, Lord, what do you want from this situation? I'll read something, I'll be like, that was a direct answer. Like that was as obvious as day that God's speaking directly to, to me in that. Gideon knew each step because he listened to the Lord after he was seeking him. Last is this, when we walk in his calling, we will learn our next steps. When we seek him, we will hear his voice. When we listen to God, which is hearing his voice, when we listen to God, we will know our calling. When we walk in his calling, we will learn our next steps. Gideon was walking the footsteps that God had already called him to walk, and he knew everything in his next step. Here's something we gotta understand. God usually reveals, usually reveals one step at a time. When it says in scripture, it says, your word is a lamp, a lamp unto my feet. If you know anything about a lamp, in the Old Testament, it's a real small lamp. It only lights up like a certain area. It's not like one of our lamps where it's like, ding, LED bulb, it lights up the whole house. And you're like, you're waking up the neighbors, turn the lights off. Um, a lamp is real small and it was probably lit with a match and it was really small. And so you lit, it lights up your footsteps. Like, like one step at a time, we know the Lord's will for our life. That's how it was with Gideon. He didn't know what was going on. Everybody okay over there? He didn't know what was going on. He didn't have a clue what was going on until his next step. And then he just started being obedient. He's like, all right, I'll go down the water. And the Lord's like, all right, tell them this. And only 300 men are left. And he's like, all right. And so then he's like, all right, go to the top of the mountain, get a trumpet and this. And like, all right, what are we gonna do with it? So the Lord's telling him each and every step. That's why we have to be obedient to the Lord every single day because the Lord was dwindling his army. The less we listen to God, the less we will understand where he is calling us next, which the result in that is frustrations in our faith, boredom, sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we've all been there before, depression, anxiety. But when you seek him, you will hear his voice. When you listen, you will know your calling. And when you walk in his calling, you will learn your next step. So the question I ask you right now, what's God calling you to do? Because it says in God's word, it says, his word is new every day. Joy comes in the morning. And if his word is new every single day, and if he's got a word for us every single day, what's God calling you to? What's he want you to do with your life? What's he want you to do with your day? What's he want you to do with your night? Like, forget your life, forget your tomorrow. What's he want you to do tonight? I'll tell you where it probably starts. If you haven't opened up God's word today, that's where he wants you to start. Just open up God's word. This is what I challenge y'all to do for the next seven days. 
I challenge you all to pick up the book of James. It's in the Bible. It's only five chapters long. It's really short, but it's an incredible, powerful book of the Bible. Read 10 verses, 10 verses each day. James 1, 1 through 10, James 1, 11 through 20, and then continue on. You'll get into chapter two, and it's powerful how the Lord will speak to you through those verses. So first of all, you gotta be obedient in your relationship with Christ, so look at what obedience is. Second of all, to be obedient, you have to walk with Jesus. And we've gone through this before. Do I have the slide of walk? I don't think I do, the slide of walks. We've, we've gone through this before, but I just wanna remind you what it is. W is read the word, okay, great. W is read the word daily. Like if you dig into God's word, just 10 verses, it's literally probably like two tweets is what 10 verses would be. Maybe a little bit longer than that, but it's not very long at all. Next is this, attend church weekly. We wanna encourage you, man, get here every week. We wanna encourage you to bring friends. You know, it's pretty cool. Meadow and Eve from Vets High School, I saw them three times this week at Vets High School. I was at Vets a lot this week. Three times. Was it two or three times? It's three, okay, it was three. I thought, I thought so, it was both of y'all three. I was sitting there like, am I lying? Every single time, they were inviting some to church and two of them are here tonight. Every single time I saw them, they were inviting somebody to church. That's bold, that's hard. I was there about two hours ago and this boy came up and he said, I'm atheist. And I'm like, I don't care, I love atheists. Are you gonna come drink a root beer tonight? And he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and he almost came. And I bet he's probably gonna be here next week because they're gonna make it their goal to bring him next week. Is he here? He's coming next week. See, I'm not crazy. I may look it, but I'm not that bad. But listen, I'm telling you, listen, God's got a plan for every single day. So attend church weekly. I want to encourage you to be here every single Wednesday night and bring a friend or two. And if you can't bring a friend or two, if you don't want, just still get here every single Wednesday night. God's got a word for you every single week. And then I also want to encourage you on Sunday morning, if you don't go to Church Unlimited, find a church. If you don't have a church, come to Church Unlimited. You can come right here at 10, 11.30, or one o'clock on Sunday morning. We'd love to have you. It's a great church. Our pastor, Pastor Bill, if you've never met him, he's an amazing communicator of God's word, and you will be changed by him. Read the word daily, 10 church weekly, live right. I don't think I have to dig into that. It's basically just make the right decisions. You know what God's telling you to do and telling you not to do. You can also learn in God's word. K is keep inviting your friends. We just talked about that. And S is serve regularly. There's a lot of y'all that serve on Sunday morning in our kids' ministry here and at the broadcast campus. It's incredible. And if I got you to come up here and tell stories about how God has used you when you served the kids in this church, you'd be like, man, it's, it's amazing. They wreck me every single week. Serve regularly in what God's calling you to do. And so let's do this. Everybody, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. So I just asked that question. I'm gonna ask you again. What is God calling you to do? A lot of y'all would sit there and say, um, I have no idea. I still don't understand, even after listening to, listening to your message. It's fine. I wanna encourage you to continue to seek God's word by reading the word daily, to attend church, live right, keep inviting, and serve regularly. And guess what? You're gonna, probably gonna figure out what God's calling you to do. And, and then I wanna ask you, it says in scripture, it says, today is the day of salvation. And the word salvation is a big Christian word that's kind of confusing, but salvation is when you decide that you're gonna take your life and you're gonna give it up to Jesus because he gave his life up for you. Because when Jesus came to this earth, he lived a perfect life, and then men and women took him, they nailed him to the cross, 
He put a crown of thorns in, in his head. They beat him with a pole. They pulled his beard out. They spit in his face. They yelled at him. They punched him. They made him carry a cross that was hundreds of pounds, probably a mile to two miles. And it says in the Bible that Jesus came. It says, even though we're sinners, Christ died for us. So even though we've sinned and our sin deserves punishment, deserve hell, Christ took our place on the cross. He died a death that we deserved. And so when it says today is the day of salvation, what I'm saying there is, listen, today is the day that if you've not surrendered your life to Christ, I think today's the day. And I wasn't planning on doing this. This isn't my, in my notes or anything that I prepared and I believe God's calling us to do. But I, I think there's a couple students in this room that says, you know what, if I was to die today, I think I would spend eternity separated from God. But I don't want that. I wanna be with Jesus. I wanna spend eternity in heaven and I want my life now to reflect him, not me. Because I know if he calls me to salvation, because he could call you right now, if he calls me to salvation, to be saved, to give my life to Jesus, however you want to word it, if he calls me, then he will equip me, equip me to do what he's called me to do. And so I just ask you right now, and uh, if you just sit there and you say, man, I, I believe that he died on the cross for me. And, and I believe that I've sinned, that I deserve to be in hell when I die. But, but I wanna give my life to him because he arose from the grave and he defeated death and he defeated sin. And since he did that, I wanna give my life to him. And I've never done this before. This will be my first time, my only time, and my last time that I give my life to Christ. If that's you and you just say, you know what? I wanna give my life, my everything to Jesus right now. If that's you, would you just, let's do this differently. Why don't you look up at me if you wanna give your life to Jesus? Awesome, I got you, bro. Hey, man, I'm proud of you, dude. Look at me. I'm proud of you. That's amazing. Got it, man. That's awesome. Anybody else? If I don't see you and I look past you, are you looking at me, man? That's awesome, man. Proud of you, man. That's awesome. So cool. Anybody else? Keep looking. I got you, ladies. Thank you so much. Okay. Several of you all over there. Incredible. Thank you. You guys looking at me? Thanks, man. So neat. Guys at work in this room. I got you. Yeah, I saw you. Anybody else? Okay, I didn't see you. Thank you so much for keeping your head up. Anybody else? I got you guys. I don't want to miss anybody. I'm not trying to drag this out. You looking at me, homie? No, he's not. He's not. Okay. Got you, girls. Okay, that's what I want to do. I'm going to make this really simple. If you looked up at me and you said, I want to give my life to Jesus no matter what it costs. You know, I said to my kids, and I'm, I'm just going to give you a very vivid picture of what it looks like to give your life to Jesus. I said to my kids, they were asking the question, we were having a conversation about a year ago, they were like, what does it mean to give your life to Christ and all that? And I said, it basically means you're willing to give up all your toys. I'm like, what, Dad? Like, all my toys? And I said, yeah, it basically means also that you're willing to give up your mom and dad. And I'm like, no way. I won't do that. And they were like, what, what, why, why, why would God do that? I said, I'm not saying he's gonna do that. He's, he's probably not gonna do that. But you gotta be willing to give up everything unto him. Because when you, when you give your life up, you're basically saying, I put my life on the cross. Even though you took my place, I'm surrendering myself unto you because he sacrificed himself for us, for our sin. And so if that's you and you just, I want you to keep looking at me, those of you all that have your head up, if you're just like, I'm ready to give up everything, I'm done, I can't do this myself, I wanna, I wanna be fully committed to Jesus and give my life to him. Would you just shake your head? Those of you all that have already looked at, awesome, thank you. Very cool, that's amazing. Anybody else, shake your head, yeah. Who are you saying no? Or are you saying yeah, okay, that's cool. You're saying, no, it's cool, man, I, I get it. You're saying, yeah, it's awesome, man. I wanna say your name, I'm so proud of you, dude. 
Okay. All right, let's do this. If you made that decision, we're going we're gonna to do this as a church right now, as a family, and we're going to pray out loud with them as a, a family of believers coming around them. Now, only if you looked at me and you confirmed and you said, I'm serious in this, I don't want to give my life to Christ for the first time, the only time, the last time, this is those that have given their life to Christ. So we're going to pray this as a church family right now, like we do sometimes on Sunday morning. And then if you just looked at me and you want to give your life to Christ, this is you surrendering your life to Jesus. In fact, let's just do it like this. Let's make it a little more bold of you. If you get your head up, I just want you to stand up. I just want you to stand up right now. A little awkward. I know it's hard. You got to stand in front of you. You girls are amazing. That's awesome. You guys are studs. Seriously. It's amazing. Anybody else? So proud of you girls. All right. Let's, let's do this. Everybody look up. I just want you to see these students. Look at this, guys. These students right now, be proud. Don't be scared. All right. So we're going to pray with them. This prayer is a, a, a significant of you surrendering your life to Jesus and giving up of your life and giving it to Jesus. So if you would, pray out loud with these students right now to give their life to Jesus. And these words indicate the attitude of your heart of you surrendering your life to Christ. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned, but I know that you died on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my place. Please forgive me of my sin and give me a home in heaven. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.